In London, technology is the Silicon Roundabout. Introducing a new talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. Silicon Real. Each week, interviewing entrepreneurs, venture capitalists, financial technology, accelerators, and incubators in an exciting three-person format. Learn about the people behind the innovation. Locally filmed, locally sourced. Silicon Real. It's about the people. This is Silicon Reel, the weekly talk show dedicated to the people of the London technology startup scene. I'm Brian Rose. I also host London Reel in this same studio. We've just had uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the uh, astrophysicist on the show. That was cool. The rock star astrophysicist. Yeah, the guy who ju- who's doing the show Cosmos now in like 170 countries or something. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was huge too. He put me in a headlock afterwards. Um, he's, he's a wrestler. Which really? usually he called himself Defender of the Geeks when he was in high school because <laughs> usually those guys are are not you know the most physical dudes but he was pretty right. big and he put me in a headlock so uh, that was uh, that was fun uh, we've also got Edward Snowden's attorney Jocelyn Raddick on this week she talks about being harassed at the UK border when she flew in and and what Edward thinks and all that stuff so uh, that's on London Real but today we're here to talk about tech my co-host is Colin Pyle who runs uh, online language schools and coffee companies. Crew Cafe is in the house. It's really tasty. It's kind of lemony. I like it a lot, and I'm not Good. just saying that. Good. Would you say it on air that you don't like it? I hope not. Uh, no, but I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> there we go. So you didn't have to say it was good. No, things are great. Uh, huge weight off my shoulders. We got our first uh, shipment in this week. And uh, yeah, game on. Now we can kind of shift phase from you know nailing down the supply chain and actually selling the thing. So. It's exciting, really exciting, and uh, Lingos is exciting right now too. We uh, just launched a bunch of new tools for students and teachers, so uh, Lingos.co, check it out. It's uh, really cool. Students can now do lesson requests, which is a huge shift, and uh, it's doing doing really, really well. So Very yeah, nice, and you get, you get your coffee, it's what, crewcafe.com? Crewcafe, yeah. C-R-U-K-A-F-E. C-R-U-K-A-F-E dot com. Dot com. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, Thanks for being here. Um, Before we get to our guest, I just want to say thanks to our sponsor, which is the Fintech Innovation Lab. Um, They're uh, sponsored by uh, Accenture. They've got seven companies right now that are slaving away in Level 39 out in Canary Wharf. Um, uh, One of them we had on the show was a Pixel Pin, right? Smart dudes. And um, they're going to be giving a a pitch day on the March 26th at the uh, Royal Institution in Mayfair. If you are an investor and you want to be there, email them at fintech at Accenture.com and you can try to get the pick of the litter. That's good, really good, right? That's Pick it a letter. Like yeah. yeah, we had um, Digital Shadows, which was their company from the previous year in here. Smart dudes, man. I mean, you know, I, I'm really big, smart. Yeah, the, the fintech companies that are coming out is just incredible right now. So. Yeah, well, we got one here too. Yeah, so exactly. We'll, we'll get it. We're gonna get to that. But uh, thanks to those guys. And then I just wanted to thank our second sponsor, which is TaskRabbit, which is a, an online marketplace that allows uh, users to outsource small jobs and tasks. Uh, they can uh, clean your house. They can fix your car. They can even do like backend YouTube video management, which is what they're doing for Silicon Rio. Silicon Real, and I'm even using them for Crew Cafe. Look at you, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the uh, coffee festival actually at Truman Brewery in early April. So I'm, you know, gonna gonna grab a tasker and, and sort of help us out for the week. It's gonna yeah. be great. It's yeah. awesome. It's a great yeah. way to get some temp workforce. If you want to just use them, you can get like two hours free, twenty five pounds free. Use Real Twenty Five. Go to taskrabbit.co.uk. Uh, big fans of them. We wanted to welcome them to London. So, uh, you know, they really kick ass here. Yeah, they're great. And uh, you can watch Lauren Sherman. She's our head of community. She was on here about a month ago. So another fabulous episode. Okay, on with the show. Our guest today is Mr. Anil Stalker, who is the CEO and co-founder at Market Invoice, which offers a fast and flexible online method for SMEs to access the capital in their long-dated invoices that would otherwise be tied up for 90 to 120 days. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No, thanks for being here. You traded over 130 million pounds worth of invoices to date. The government is investing directly in tech with you by putting five pounds into short-term financing. Now, that's real investment by the government, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Anna, welcome to Silicon Real. Thanks a lot. Great. Thanks. So it's much. actually 138 million that is we've it? done now. Oh, there you yeah. go. We did about. We did quite a lot this week. Fantastic, man. Um, you know, I, I love your story. You know, I just, you know, I used to be in finance. So did you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that short-term funding pretty much makes the world go round. I don't know if people realize it, but it's like how governments and corporations and even some people, I used to live month to month on my credit cards, you know, uh, sure. uh, keep their businesses running. And it can mean, especially with a startup, the difference between, you know, bankruptcy and success. So this is kind of fascinating that you're putting that online. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about Market Invoice. 
what have you guys done? Uh, what are you guys doing? Yeah, sure. In fact, in fact, I was just thinking when you were talking about Crew Cafe, right? Yeah. I mean, presumably at some point you want to supply it into supermarkets. And, mm. and the big challenge, right, about working capital is you go out, you get a big deal from a supermarket. They say, you're excited. You got a £100,000 deal. But you've got to pay your suppliers in China. You've got to pay your staff. You've got to keep the lights on. You've got to pay rent. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize is that cash is what keeps businesses going. You run out of cash, your business shuts down. You might have a beautiful profit margin built into your product, but cash is king. Yeah. So um, it's relevant for lots of different types of businesses. Um, what we're doing, and to give a little bit of the background, I guess, and, and I, was at, I was at Lehman Brothers. Um, I was about to ask was, you, that's a, yeah, yeah. a prime example of working capital going yeah, wrong, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, you could argue that besides the stock price going to zero uh, at the same time, it was probably a working capital issue. That they, yeah, they ran out of cash they did. and they didn't have enough to post on for collateral for all their loans. And that's right. ultimately what pushed them to bankruptcy. It could have been saved in retrospect, but that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you saw let's that not, happen. Let's not go into that. Right. So I, yeah, I studied economics at uni. I went to Lehman Brothers. I was working in a private equity fund. So we were actually investing in mid-sized businesses. I spent a lot of time with financial directors of these companies and they were all worrying about how do they manage their cash. Um, I then, in my spare time, I, I thought because potentially I'd start my own little fund to buy companies, I, I ended up with a few friends. We went out and met lots of businesses in the UK all over the place. And we were kind of like, what do you need? We want to invest equity in the business. And they were like, no, what we really worry about is working capital. That's kind of you know, debt. You know, how do we run our, run our business from day to day? Looked a little bit what was happening in the States. Looked at you know, companies like Prosper, Lending Club. On deck, which were just getting started back in 2009, 2010, or ramping up, and and I sort of thought, you know, invoice finance in the UK is huge. It's it's a old market done by the banks in a very old-fashioned way, expensive, rigid. It doesn't give companies what they want. It's not online. You've got to go meet someone. It takes six weeks to get a decision. And I said, there's got to be a better way of doing that. There's got to be a way that businesses can come online, apply. Um, and within 24 hours, figure out whether they can use us or not to access the funding. Um, and so that's when I wrote the business plan. And what year was that? 2010. Like back end of 2010, uh, we raised some seed funding and we got going beginning of 2011, February 2011. So we've been around for about three years. Which is quite a while when it comes to a lot of companies around here. Yeah, look, I mean, it is. And it's a fintech business, right? Um, at the end of the day... Uh, you're you're involved in in loans, effectively. You're effectively managing a system to get a company on board. You've got to screen them. You've got to make sure that they're real, um, and you've got to ensure that the money comes back. So it's not just it's not just anyone can give money out, but it's also making sure it comes back. And risk management is very important. So we felt that to go slowly in the beginning was was the right thing to do because that way you learn and you can refine your system. And only now we're really sort of putting our foot on the accelerator. We spent a lot of time learning what, what's the best way of doing it. And have you guys financed yourself from the get-go? No, we raised like a seed, seed round, but you know, we didn't raise that much money. We raised kind of, I think it was 600 grand, 600,000 pounds to get going. Some, we, they put a bit more money in. So we've raised all in about 1.5 million pounds. But you know, we've got nearly that amount in the bank because we've been making money for the past six months. So uh, we were very lean. We've been profit-making, great profit margins for the past six months. And... That puts you now, and that puts us now in a great situation because we can grow this business organically without taking on any more money. But we might take on money just to accelerate everything. And you're hitting like ten times the amount of loans you made in January, like the previous January. Yeah, yeah. So last this time last year, we were we were kind of lending, we were facilitating about two to three million pounds per month to 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 SMEs, small businesses. And now we're doing. Last month we did fifteen million in a month. Uh, you know, this month we'll do more than that. I think. Um, and you know, where thousands of transactions have gone through the platform uh, since the beginning of the year. To put it in perspective, in 2011 we did three million. 2012 we did 33 million. 2013 we did 66 million. And since the beginning of the year, we've done over 35 million pounds. So we're kind of growing <laughs> pretty strongly at the moment. And what what makes you guys think you can win in this space? Like, what's different about you? What's to keep a bank from coming in and, and mm. just swooping in and doing this online? It's something we always ask people, you know, why will you guys win in this space? Well, banks are, are very, they have a dominant market position, but they're very bad at innovating. Um, 
they have legacy technology which is extremely hard to change it's like an oil tanker like it's very hard to turn it around um they have processes and risk systems that have been in place for 40 years um the i always say the key thing is that we were kind of like industry outsiders i didn't spend my whole career in invoice finance sme finance but we had the opportunity to build a system from scratch using the latest data using the latest technology f- super focus on the product uh, you know all online transparent pricing uh, fair pricing uh, a way to compare against other facilities and not not misselling a product that was too complicated and with long contractual arrangements and lock in so to be able to start from a clean slate gives you a huge advantage from day one um and now it's all about and now we've learned and now it's all about going quickly uh, and i don't think comp- i mean competitors can try but we've kind of we're kind of growing so quickly and also we've learned so much and we are doing it in such a unique way that it's very hard for 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 someone to to replicate what we're doing sounds familiar right Colin? yeah no it's <laughs> it's i think it's great maybe just for some of our listeners that may not be you know background in finance maybe explain like literally what happens with your your because your customers come on yeah sure. um and then sort of 24 hours later uh, I guess you, you risk assessment, make sure their invoices are actually real and existing. Yeah. Um, and then a pool of sort of just investors out there uh, buy their invoices from them. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me talk you through. Sure. Imagine, you know, let's say you're a graphic design company, right? And you're doing a, a campaign for, for boots, let's say, big, big, big campaign. Um, so the project is £100,000, um, let's say. You go in, you've done the work, you've done the campaign, and Boots says, that's great. Send me the invoice. I'm going to pay you on 90 days. Right. Yeah. Um, now, that's great. You're going to get paid in 90 days, but you've got to pay people. You've got to pay maybe your freelancers who came in. You've got to pay your staff. So what you want to do is you want to take that 100K and you want to effectively monetize it early Yeah, because you're going to have 100,000 coming in 90 days. Maybe you, want, you need 70 up front. So... What you'll do is you'll come to Market Invoice, you'll register. It takes about 15 minutes to sign up. We pull all sorts of data from public sources as well as what you put into your application form. And we crunch that and we basically say, this is a real company. It's been around. These are real people. Um, And we understand the relationship between you and Boots. uh, And we say, okay, we're going to give you £80,000 out of that 100000 now. You'll still get the the rest on 90 days. You still have an incentive to get that money in sure. right chase it um but when it and at the end we're going to we're going to take a fee right we're going to market invoice is going to take a fee up front off the advance and at the end you're going to pay an interest rate to investors because this money is not coming from market invoice this money is actually being sort of crowdsourced off high net worth family offices hedge funds people who had a lot of money want to deploy it um, straight into the invoice and earn a return, maybe 1% a month. Right. So all in, you're saying, okay, you're, what you're thinking as a small business is I need some money now. I'm making good profit on this. You know, I might be making 30% profit. Am I willing to give up 1%, 2 3% depending on how risky the transaction is to a funder? To yeah. get it now. To and get what, it now. Yeah. And what's an idea on rates, just so we know? I mean, obviously, we know, we know compare the markets out there. They've gotten a hard time for some of their rates. But what are your rates? Do you look at them annually and then there's fees? And- well, look, I think it's wrong, it's wrong to look at it annually because the beauty of our product is, is that it's, you can use it. It's as you pay as you go, right? There is no long-term contract. You don't need to use us for all your invoices. You don't need to put all your customers through us. That's what the bank will say to you. You've got to put everything through us. Uh, And you've got to sign up for a 24-month contract. It's like a mobile phone, right? Contract mobile phone, you're paying irrespective of whether you use it or not. If you go away for a month and you don't use it, you still pay the mobile phone. What we offer is the sort of pay-as-you-go SIM card. You use it when you need to. And for businesses, that can be a huge saving because there's none of the fixed costs of going into a facility. So I, how businesses are looking at it is what's their profit they're making off the deal, off, off, off the transaction. So what's your profit margin and how much is, are you going to pay to get that fund, most of that funding up front and get it done. And that ranges, I mean, on average, it's about 2 2.5% of the invoice face value. Um, but it can depend if it's a very long dated invoice, it will be more expensive. Right. If it's an if it's a if you're exporting a company in the U.S. and it's the first time you've done that, it'll be more because there's more risk involved. Sure. Um, so so for like a boots kind of person, it would be 
a lower lower risk. Yeah, and also the beauty risk. of the, the beauty of a platform is that we learn, we collect a lot of data on you the more you use us. So right. the more you do with us, the cheaper it becomes because you become de-risked as a proposition. The first transaction is always the most expensive. It's a bit like on eBay, right? With mm-hmm. your power seller. Like sure. over time people realize that you're a good customer and you get a better rating. That's the same kind of concept with us. Like over time we can see you put through a lot of invoices they've all been paid on time. There's been no delay. There's been no dispute around the invoice. So you're going to get better rates and you're going to get more funding. What kind of default rate do you guys get? Yeah, so default, def- what is a default, I guess, right. right? Because we're not in the business of insuring stuff. You know, we're not here to say we're going to give you the money and then you don't worry about ever paying it back. I mean, this is really just getting the cash flow quicker into your business. Um, defaults happen when there's trade disputes. So Boots turns around at some point and goes, I wasn't happy with the work. Right. I'm not going to pay you the 100 grand. I'm going to pay you 50 grand. In which case, it does come back to you as a small business to repay that money. Right? Yeah. It is recourse back to you. Um, defaults can happen because it gets extremely, like the payments get very extremely delayed and we have to intervene and figure out what's going on. So we run currently at about a 1.4% default rate. However, that doesn't mean that that's money lost. It just means that we have to go and fig- go out and yeah. collect on it. And we have like a 90% collection rate because, you know, either we get it off boots or we get it off you um, through kind of working it out. And so our loss rate is around 0.03%. We've lost something like 40 grand for investors out of 135 million, which, and, we're, and they're kind of making kind of 10% annualized returns by putting their money with us. So it's like... I have, I'm inundated with investors. <laughs> like I could, I have a wait list of like 20 million quid, which wants to be deployed, and right. my bottleneck is just finding more businesses at the moment. Sure, because right. you know I've invested in uh, Funding Circle and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So I mm-hmm. guess, um, so so that's interesting. So as an investor, you can't just go on your website and put money in. You're actually you don't need more money. No, look, we are we are accepting new new investors. Um, is there a minimum amount? Yeah, there's a fifty grand minimum amount. Okay. Yeah, so you do have to you do have to be a certain of a certain net worth. You you have to be a certified high net worth or sophisticated investor. But you know, even if you're employed in financial services, you automatically qualify. Right. Um, the different. I mean, we, funding circle is a different product, right? That's like a long term yeah. loan. We're very much kind of the invoice finance day to day working capital. Um, and uh, I'm just, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, a lot of people when I started said, you're never going to find anyone crazy enough to put money into the platform. But actually, it's the opposite. I spend more time finding the right kind of businesses because um, we're not for desperate people, right? We're for right. growing businesses yeah. um, than worrying about the funding. Right now, in this low interest rate environment, um, lots of people have cash and are getting nothing on it in bonds or on deposit. Equities are quite volatile. So, a lot of people like to put money into our system. It's really attractive for them. It's interesting. I guess if you yeah. promise a returns, then, then the cash will come. Yeah. You know, this is uh, Silicon Real, so we like to get real and ask a couple <laughs> questions uh, about your business model. I mean, I see one thing here, and uh, it, it, you're basically scoring people's credit, especially when it comes to mm. a new company. And uh, I, would, I was wondering if investors... How can they know that you can make a good call on a new company and whether they're going to get paid? This whole invoice dispute thing gets tricky. You know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. if they don't do the work and you find out three months later, how, how are you guys qualified to do something like that? Yeah, look, good question. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, what we're doing, right, is, is, is we're actually figuring out a new way of like risk management, a new way of credit scoring of businesses. And that's been a notoriously difficult thing to do for everyone. You have a couple of what I would call like Goliath credit reference bureaus. So companies like Experian, Equifax, right. Dun & Bradstreet. And, and they try, they kind of try to give like a snapshot credit um, score for businesses. But what we found is that if we relied on that, we wouldn't have given money to anyone. Right. <laughs> because uh, by definition, if you're a small business and there's not much public information about you, it's very hard to have a meaningful score. It's so a, It's an oil tanker again with those yeah, companies. Yeah, exactly. So we have to... We have to basically, what we do is we pipe in that data, we use that as a kind of starting point, but then we refine it with our own interpretation and bringing in more data sources, right? So, um, you know, we pull data from the application form, we pull more data about the directors, we do online profiling, we have a statistical approach to certain industry, we know that certain sectors are more risky than others, right? Um, So we're kind of crunching 
that's, I guess that's the kind of our secret sauce, right? That's going to be the thing that's super valuable about our business is the fact that... in The, the credit data that you guys yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. and also yeah. then when a company starts to use us, we build up, we, we have like that payment information right. and that suddenly means that our, our score is kind of much more real, real time than the credit reference agency. Right, right? and that's proprietary information. To and that's, yeah. yeah, so, you know, the exact way how we use that data is kind of what we're, what we're all about. Um, um, and, you know, stuff like new stuff like social profiling, just like in terms of anti-fraud is really interesting because in the past, banks would send people to go and meet businesses and look them in the eye and then they'd come back and say, that's a real guy, and that's a real company. Well, now everything you can find pretty much, you can pretty much identify whether a person is real or not by their online presence. Not, sometimes that can be misleading, but we believe that there are certain online social slash online footprint metrics that are predictive of a fraudster or changes to online profiles that are predictive of a certain catastrophic event. Right? So um, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the fun part right now. We're in a whole new world. And, so your intellectual property really is your credit scoring at the end of the day, would you say? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that's an important part. So how we acquire business, how we, how we market the product is, is, is a whole new world, right? No, not, no longer you, you need to go around with a car and knock on doors. I think you can do quite a lot of acquisition online. In fact, B2B sales is becoming almost like B2C. I mean, business owners are becoming more and more like consumers, especially our generation, right? right. We don't go and talk to an accountant or a bank manager. We go online. You know, we, go to, we go to Google. Right. And we figure out what we want to do based on that. So acquisition, it's a new new world. Uh, risk management, it's a new world. And I guess also the final bit of innovation is around the fact that we're crowds. You know, we don't have a balance. We're not a bank, right? We're actually the platform. Right. right. And then we're allowing people to take very diversified portfolios directly. So it's not like give us the money and we'll manage it for you and guarantee you return. You're actually going to be in and diversified across everything. Yourself. Who thought uh, receivables could be so sexy? Right? <laughs> it's amazing. It yeah. is really amazing. Yeah. There's so many facets of this well, business model. You know? Yeah, and I think you know, um, I don't want to give away sort of your future secrets, but I, f- I see so many different avenues that you guys can start going into. Um, have you thought about that? You know, if if one of these good companies have been with you for two years, and you know, if they ask you for a million pound loan, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. is that yeah. something that, that they yeah. finance them? Or? Yeah, you could finance well, yeah, them. I mean, you'd have a better idea realistically, perhaps, than the bank would that that they're a reputable customer. Exactly. I mean, and, yeah. and what happens is that what we're really, as businesses use us more and more and really enjoy using us, we're like the first port of call, right? Like. So, for example, some companies have said, look, I'm growing like crazy and I want to raise some equity. Can you do that? And I have to, right now, I, I can't, right? We're not, we're not an equity kind of crowdsource platform. But, um, you know, there's going, to be way, there's going to be ways of, like, deepening our suite of products based on the information that we collect. Yeah. Right? Already companies are coming to us and say, look, I'm great. it's great using you for the invoices, but actually what I need is I need prepayments for the Chinese factories because I'm importing my stuff from, like, Guangzhou. And they need me to post 20% as a deposit before they ship me anything. Can you help with us? Now, that's a completely different risk profile. And yeah. there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah? So that's much riskier. But it should be possible over time to build in a price to make that happen. Right? It might not be 2 3%. It might be 5 10% because yeah. it's riskier. But that's um, but those are like apples and oranges, aren't they? When it comes to receivables and then import yeah. export, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. trade finance, law, and yeah. but but there, look at the moment, banks do both, right? Banks do trade yeah. finance, letters of credit, purchase order finance, invoice finance. They don't do it particularly well, right? Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. But I guess what I'm, we have more than enough to do with invoices. It's huge. I mean, it's. At any given point in time, there's like 15 billion outstanding in invoice finance in the UK alone, and we did 15 million last month. Right, so there's a there's a long way to go. You can grow a thousand um, times, yeah, 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 to take over the whole market. Yeah, and I mean, so even if we do one percent of the market, two percent of the market, we are big player, and and our business is is amazing in terms of what it's doing right but one of the things that i know compare the market's been talked about i mean people think compare the market's just you know loan sharking online but they've been they've been talked about their their intellectual property is is giving these credit scores and they can check things like have you paid your most recent phone bill and things like that that can really give a good metric whether an individual can pay this stuff back and they found these real-time credit scores and like you said these experience and stuff 
well, they never had to innovate and now they don't, they don't use any of this tech, mm -hmm. um, let alone like social profiling and that kind of thing they're doing. So. Yeah, look, that's the whole advantage of, you talked about FinTech and how you're excited about it. It's, it's absolutely exciting. I mean, we view ourselves as part of like a universe of FinTech companies. So you've got like people like TransferWise who are, I don't know whether you've heard of them, but they're yeah. doing cool stuff. They were on the show. Yeah, yeah. Tavit was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I use TransferWise uh, for my coffee business now uh, all the all time. All the time, right? It's amazing. And I used to be an FX trader, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I know how much, how bad you get, uh, you know, at HSBC and all these guys. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's so incredible. What, what's happening is that you've got smart companies like, going after specific segments of stuff that the banks used to do all under one roof badly. And they're not going to be able to compete with that, right? So yeah. how long do banks have? Do you know what I mean? It's one I of those. Tavit answered this question because yeah. when he talked, when yeah. you were talking earlier, I was like, "This is Tavit all over." Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, and, and I mean, I worked in a bank. You know, you work near banks. It's yeah. just like the, the thing is, is they won't even care until it's quote unquote too late, and then they'll either acquire or then they'll have to innovate. And in the meantime, they'll get their fees, which are you know five and eight and ten times that of TransferWise, and probably not you because your receivable percentages are probably somewhat comparable. But yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Is that what you think? When yeah, I mean, I think it would be a shame for like people to sell too early back into the big behemoths of the banks because usually they like stifle innovation. Right. I think like you know we're building like a whole we're building like a whole new institution with a different culture, with a different makeup, with a different DNA. Right? We're like much more tech heavy um, we're super concerned about the product we start like our premise is that we want to start I wanted to start building a product from the point of view of the SME owner right? the small business owner of the FD who has 50 million things to worry about and doesn't want to spend six months getting a loan right he wants to be he wants it to be done almost overnight because he's got other things he needs to worry about right? he needs to find his clients he needs to hire he needs to be doing lots of things you know the money should just be like commodity right that bang this is what i can get this is the price let's do it so so we build our product with the customer as central as possible um and you can't really do that when you're owned by a big when you if you sell out too early and you're owned by a big corporation and they're saying this is what profit you've got to deliver otherwise it's doesn't make any sense for us so so i'd say that like there's a long way for the the new guys like us to go to make a meaningful difference because we're not here just to make money, right? We're here also to change, change the world, make it a, make it a better place. Oh, look at that. All right. <laughs> Got that one Isn't in that there. Isn't that a song? Yeah, yeah. For you <laughs> and for <laughs> me. Jesus. Are you on the radar of banks? I mean, do they know about yeah, you? Do they, they care about you? Mm, they're, all, like, they're all the same, right? I mean, there was that, I think, what was it Gandhi said? First they like ignore you, then they like laugh at you, then they're like afraid of you, and then you win kind of thing. Um, but... Yeah, so in the beginning, everyone's, they would, when I met some people, they were kind of like this, you're going to fail, it's never going to work. Then it was like, yeah, you've only been around for a little bit, it's kind of beginner's luck. And I guess now they're really looking at, I guess, all of these companies that are coming out and saying, they're starting to take notice. I think we're in the phase now where they're starting to take notice and they're trying to f spy a little bit on what we're doing. But for them to, for the banks to do what we do, it will take a long time for them to change. Okay. I just don't even think they're, they can't. Like, they're so risk-averse, and they're so slow yeah. at making decisions. And they've got like, so many problems that they're just, trying to fix. Right? Like, I bank with HSBC, and it's just horrible. I have all my business account and personal accounts with them, and they are just so slow. You know, it'll take me four, five, six weeks to change an yeah. address. They won't capitulate you know I mean? until, not till it's too late, until it's uh, two, two years after too late. Yeah. And if you look even further, that's because their margins are so high. And they have all these other ancillary businesses that they get just by the fact that you're a customer. So that, yeah. like, they don't have to change. And so, like, they don't even, they're not even looking north of the city right now no. or east. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're just doing their own thing. Well, and then one know, day, it'll be hit them in the head, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we better, we better bank online now. And then they'll yeah. make this jump, I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, fifteen billion a day, and you guys have fifteen million. Do you know what I mean? It's, they yeah. still have so much of the market, and they, you know, they're making so much money off the big guys. Um, that yeah, I just hope. Yeah. How do you guys scale? I mean, I'm sure you were hoping probably mm. two years ago that you you would be at, at you know, uh, 1.3 billion, you know, for, for a total, or you know, you'd want ten times the market, and then that's how you'd really start making the money. How do you scale? What's the biggest problem well, look, you have? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, when you write a business plan like anyone, you hockey stick. Yeah, you you kind of think that you're going to be further than you are. Um, having said that, what was really surprising is that, like, we hit, pr we started to make profit much 
sooner than we thought. I mean, last year we went, it was this kind of this crazy period where we, where we hit it, but we made 100,000 pounds of revenue in August, and then we made like 100,000 pounds in profit in October. That's pretty cool. So, so that kind of gave me a feel. That, very few companies can yeah, say that. Yeah, that kind of gave me a feel for like, hang on here, like there's something, there's something that we're doing is clearly right here because, yeah. I mean, it seems to make commercial sense, right? So, am I doing something illegal? Yeah, like, yeah. call your lawyer. Yeah. Up. Can yeah. you just check this out? Because, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. then we we looked at it and we suddenly realized that, like, you know, you know, company. I mean, we don't like company. Companies are willing to pay money. Like, I mean, people. We don't just compete. We don't just go around and say we are the cheapest option. That's not what we say. We say our product is the smoothest and the best and the fastest, and people are willing to pay more for that. Right. They, they, they actually they pay a little bit more to have the peace of mind that it's all sorted quickly. Right. So because it's a digital need for these startups, yeah. they need the cash. Yeah. In the bank. And you yeah. know, as an SME owner myself, it's like if, if I, I'll pay you more money as a fee just to get it done quickly. To get it done like, quickly. Time is so valuable. Exactly. And if I can save a week of my time, not not emailing the bank and going yeah. down there for four hours, it's just like right. it's yeah. worth a ton of yeah, money. Your job is to grow exponentially. Yeah. And if he can, you know get you financed, then you'll pay whatever percentage. And that's why so many of our customers are willing to go on the record, talk to journalists about their experience using us, yeah. right? I mean, um, they're like, this has revolutionized my business. Um, I've been able to export to the US for the first time because I didn't have to sit with my bank for six months and figure out what they needed in terms of paperwork. Mm. Yeah, I met a company this morning. They said that for six weeks, the sales guy at the bank said, yes, yes, we can help you. And then on the sixth week, the risk guy from the bank said, no, we can't. And he had based his whole six-month plan on getting that money. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to say no, we're going to say no in 24 hours. Right? You, get, you move, draw a line on it, you move on. A quick no is so much better than a, yeah. a long, protracted no. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to come back to the question, of course we want to do more volume. Of course. And I want to be doing 30 million pounds a month by the end of the year. It's double what we're doing last month. I think we'll get there. You know, organically, we're hiring people. We'll get it done. Our system is super scalable. We can we could be doing four times what we're doing today, and there'd be no problem in terms of processing it. Um, so, and then the medium term goal is to be doing 100 million a month. That's a billion. That's over a billion a year in invoices. And that's when, you know, we've got a company that's a serious player. Right? Okay. Are you looking across the Atlantic? You must. You at least have to see what's going on over there. It's funny. Yeah. You meet, you meet investors and they're always talking about the States. Um, states is it's a tough place, right? Uh, financial so it's, it's competitive. Right? There's, you know, there's already companies doing amazing things, Lending Club, On Deck, and uh, New York. I visited them recently. It's a kind of, and it's also, it's not a country, right? It's like a continent, and each state has their own way of doing business. In some ways, it's actually quite, in what we're doing, the states is actually a little bit behind the UK. There's less data. There's like, you know, UK, you have one company's house, which has information on every business. In the states, you have these federal bureaus of information, some of which are offline. Um, what surprised me when I looked into it is that a lot of businesses, small businesses in the states get paid by check, like, much more than here, where mm. most stuff is done by wire. That adds another complication in terms of how you settle these transactions, if there's like checks floating around. Um, there's different laws. There's different competition. There's a greater culture of like unsecured debt in the US. So actually, the biggest market for invoice finance is the UK, by far. Mm. It's bigger than America. So I would say that I'm in no hurry to go west. Um, I think there are certain places in Europe which probably interest me a little bit more. Um, what about Asia or emerging markets? Not, not on any kind of roadmap. Um, we get approached all the time by business saying, you know, we love what you're doing, we want to do it in country X, can we license your technology? But it's, it's too distracting. Like we want, to say, we want to consolidate our position in the UK and then think about the next it's a step. first world product at the end of the day isn't yeah. it you need certain things things go wrong you need the rule of law right Right. it's, it's not kind of some countries some things go wrong that's it you can't recover anything because there's no real like legal process here there's like a way of, of getting things done 
Okay, so you're not going to the States. First time we heard that, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, which, right, is, yeah. which is kind of refreshing. Um, uh, well, I've yet to be convinced. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, two other things come to mind. You know, if you did get, say, you know, 10 million pounds right now, could you use it in a productive way? And the second thing is, do you see companies out there that you really would like to partner with because you could, it could speed up your growth, whether that means someone uh, of your equivalent in New York City or not? So we're currently talking to investors, not because we need the cash, but but because um, it's good to, to think about the next kind of phase. Um, Always good to ask for money when you don't need it. Yeah, that, that is definitely true. It's funny how that... How, yeah, you should, definitely, you should definitely think about raising money when you're in a position of strength. Um, but um, yeah, definitely. Like six, I'd say like much more than 10 million it would be maybe a bit too much, but, but I think um, $10 million we could definitely put to work. Uh, and that's just about going quicker, right? So just being bolder. Like, right. Is that mostly um, marketing spend? Yeah, I mean, we've done hardly any marketing spend. Okay. Like our brand has been built literally just through word of mouth and kind of smart PR at the right moments and um, client testimonials. Um, you know, compare the market spends, I think, 25 million pounds a year in marketing. And that's a fraction of what the banks spend. They're actually quite effective in how they use their marketing spend. So, you know, we want to we wanna spend a bit more in marketing, we want to build the brand, we want to build out our sales team, we want to build out our technology team. The future will be, you asked about who we want to partner with, interesting will be integration with e-accountancy platforms because right now very few businesses use them, people like Xero and um, Free Agent and there's uh, Sage, even Sage, the kind of old school one, is, is moving onto the cloud. So people will start to do their accounts through online software, like hosted in the cloud, and then you can plug into that and do cool things about... That's their, perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect for you us. You can call them and say, you know, yeah. you, we can give you this, this, and yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, I'd say that's, that's interesting, like channel partners, uh, people plugging in with software that SMEs are using to kind of say, okay you're growing, have you thought about using us? And we can give you this based on just what we've gleaned already. Um, so that's gonna, that requires quite a lot of tech, technology kind of work, API hookups, sharing data. That's the way the world is going now. Yeah, no, it is. Colin, what am I, what am I missing here? My finance mind is going crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, you know, how, how do you, I guess we briefly touched on it, but I guess, you know, at the end of the day, um, some 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 guy could come in and spend twenty five million, right? Some some big U.S. competitor come in, spend yeah. twenty five million in marketing right off the bat. They have the uh, the platform, uh, they have the investors. Um, how do you compete with that? Well, that's yeah, I mean, that, I guess that's that's a fear. That's, yeah, that's a genuine. I mean, I think if you ask everyone, including Tabet, right, who's got a great business, um, the fear is always that someone comes along with a lot more resources and with some superstar management team. <laughs> And they see that you've done a good job and they kind of, they kind of nail it. Um, but I'd say like the bigger, there's a bit of network effects here. Like the more businesses use us, the more data you have, the more local knowledge you have, the more your message has been disseminated across like the SME world, the more that the additional investor wants to come to you because you have the most track record and you have the lowest default rate or you have the, the biggest depth so you can spread your risk. So there is a, like a positive feedback loop that when you get out of the, early stages and you can kind of really grow quickly you cement that position so if i was to raise money it would be to go quicker because alt finances alternative finance is definitely hotting up yeah yeah and you want to get there as fast as possible because that gives you market share and that gives you sustainability i'm guessing if you had you know if you got that 10 million where are you spending your money on marketing or would you (laughs) ideally like to do you, are these because as an SME myself, I don't know. Are they googling it? You know, are, are you able to? People like you and me yeah. Google stuff, right? right. So but, the problem is that not every business owner is. I mean, right. is no is is as tech savvy. So is as, it just you know old school cold calling? Uh, look, look. I think old school cold calling of just blindly cold calling is not the right approach. Um, you got to be smart in what you do, and also with with social networks, you can also you can be smarter, right? Um, um, so I'd say without going into too much of specifics, cause it's kind of like, um, a bit too much detail. Sure. Um, there are offline ways of acquiring customers and online. And I think the future is online, but you still have to do some offline stuff and you've got to do some stuff like 
advertising, right? You need to build the brand. Yeah. Um, and that's not cheap and depends what medium you're using. I mean, I don't think you need to go to the extreme of sponsoring like the Super Bowl kind of thing. Sponsored by Market Invoice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not well, a consumer. Look at, look we're at not. that Salesforce grew and all of a sudden they're sponsoring the Super Bowl. It's crazy. Yeah, Max, yeah. Eh? yeah exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, we're not consumer yeah. stuff, right? right? So, yeah. but, but um, there's ways to blow a lot of money in marketing. That's yeah, we sure. had, we had uh, Busu. Have you heard of Busu? The yeah. online language uh, no. learning? They got they won a competition. They got like 4 million to spend in Germany on like, uh, you know, TV advertising. And yeah, it's interesting kind of, uh, how much that stuff costs and yeah. And how little, how little it can do unless you, yeah, yeah, he had a whole story. You can watch that show if you want. He coordinated it with kind of an an online presence and they had a much greater success with that television. Yeah. Yeah. You can spend a lot of money. Um, you know, real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on London. You Mm -hmm. know, everyone always talks as London has the edge when it comes to FinTech because I guess technically it's the center of currency trading finance and it's right next door to the, to the tech center. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was wondering what you think London lacks and then what do you think we have going on that's much better than the rest of the world? specifically the valley and the alley i love london i moved to london when i was 12 years old so i view myself as like a londoner from where um i used to live in zurich in switzerland um and um it's great i love the cosmopolitan nature of it it's changed like radically like i mean when i went into lima in 2006 i don't think anyone talked to me when I was finishing university about doing a startup, like no one was like going and no one was talking about all these exciting things going on in early stage companies. Everyone was just like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a banker. I want to be a trader. I want to be a hedge fund manager. And that was it. Yeah. So the city has changed considerably. Um, And, you know, I get emails from old friend, old colleagues who used to work with me in finance going like, I want to quit my job and I quite want to come and work for you at Market Invoice. And that's just crazy, right? These are people who who normally shouldn't be thinking about that, but there is a bit of a buzz um, that's happening now. And I used to live just near Hoxton and Old Street, and that's also changed the type of people who are, who are coming over here. There's influx of, of smart people from the States, from Europe. So I think like there's lots of positives. Um, I think it happened organically. I think the government tries to jump onto that a little bit and say Tech City is like a government initiative. I think that was happening. Um, I think that's the way it should happen. It should be organic. Um, there are some success stories now, right? You've got like Such as? Mine, you know, you've got like the Mind Candy King. You've got, uh, I mean, to a certain extent, you've got the Wongas, right, who are, who are doing um, great stuff with technology. Um, you've, you've got... Um, I think I was thinking Wonga when I was saying compare the market. That's yeah. What I, was, I was thinking yeah. Wonga the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, um, you know, you're starting to see some UK success stories and that motivates people because people think like, yes, it can be done. Yeah. Um, downside, I think uh, there's still a fear of failure in Europe. I think Americans are amazing in the sense that they embrace failure. It's like you've learned how to do things now <laughs> and you won't make the same mistake twice. And so actually, like, you know, have a go at it. And it's not like you fail. I remember one guy telling me when I was raising the seed round, like, I know you have to realize that if you lose money, you'll never raise money again. That's what someone said. And, and that actually, like, I was like, that's pretty scary, right? If I right. Fuck it. And that makes you conservative. That makes you actually be less ambitious. And now, now you get some angels that say they won't invest in an entrepreneur unless they've failed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, well, I think that's I, I, yeah, but I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but London still has, I think the, Eng- I mean, maybe it's different for people who come over from the States, but guys who are, like, homegrown here, there is that fear of failure still. Yeah. And is there sort of, you know, what will society think of me if I run a business and it doesn't work and I try again? And right. I think Which that's the worst thing for small, for entrepreneurs, right? You, yeah. you need a risk attitude or nothing happens, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So that's where it's kind of lacking still. I think so. I think it's, it's going to, hopefully it'll change, right? I mean, um, it's, it's come a long way, but it's still not, when I meet investors and entrepreneurs from the States, I'm just always blown away by just how big they think. They think, like, we can dominate the world. Our product can be huge, and you're going to do it, and this is the money that is going to be required to do it and go on and, and be amazing, right? 
Yeah, so. I think when you grow up also in that market where you've got 300 and some odd million potential consumers and there's no, sure. no language issue, there's not a, yeah. a, a border issue, that you just, you know, you're born into that, we have to think this way, and that's, yeah. and I'm competing against people that think this way, so I think the people that you meet a lot of the times have, have won out against the people that might not have thought that way, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and it's, you know, people have done it, right? You know, I think you have the Zuckerbergs, a hundred billion valuation, and, you know, the, the WhatsApp, WhatsApp. Yeah. it's like it's like holy cow, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Those, those, those realities make a big difference, yeah, and we've, a, we always yeah. talk on here when those really start happening, right. and you start right. getting money not just in the founders' pockets, but yeah. in, in the top twenty people there, then, and they make the, the companies. It's going to change the landscape significantly. And we ask everyone who's on here uh, a couple questions at the end. I'm going to hit you with them. If you could make a phone call to the twenty year old Anil, I don't know if you're still in, uh, in Zurich, uh, and give that young man a bit of advice, what would you tell him to do? That's interesting. Short Lehman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I bought some Lehman stock like, the weekend before it went bust. I was like, surely they can't let it go bust. Um, but we won't go into that. Um, my views on, it's interesting, my views on education are like changing quite a lot. Um, I question how useful like doing a traditional kind of university course uh, really is. I mean, I think it teaches you some stuff. I mean, I went to Cambridge, I studied economics, and half the stuff I studied I never used or forgot kind of straight away. I mean, it teaches you a methodology. But I think probably one regret I, I one thing I would say is learn how to code. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've picked up a lot and I understand a lot, but, you know, I think it just, when I look at, I went back to my old school and I met some crazy intelligent 17-year-olds who were like developing apps in their spare time and and just being able to speak that language and 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 do things and just experiment is just so powerful and 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 I think I know it's like they're doing this year of code I think um, I have some friends involved in that and and despite the kind of PR machine that's working on it I think the underlying message is important that you know the world the way people learn things and the way that you the way that you do stuff now is so different to to just going to university as a rite of passage and reading some books and coming out at the end of it and trying to figure out what you want to do i think you got to you got to do things right you got to i think you've got to be more there's got to be you got to have more links right into the real world doing businesses learning how they work figuring out how you write a basic script and and, and experimenting yeah, because back in the day, you'd just go to university, which was basically detached from the rest of the world yeah. for three or four years. And then you would be born into the corporate world where you'd be screaming like a baby and be like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, um, exactly. and that was exactly what I went through. Right. I went to this kind of ivory tower of Cambridge where everyone was living in a different century. And you know, it was almost like technology was looked down on. Right? Like it was more like something that you don't do because you're studying an academic subject. Right. Um, and then when I came into the world of work, it was very painful so i think um i would i would say i wouldn't say not don't go to university i would just say you know temper that with learning some practical stuff okay second part of that question is uh, what's the best advice you've ever received in business or personal <laughs> lots of i've received a lot of advice um i think i read a, I, I was talking to someone who said um, you know, I think it was something along the lines of, um, you know, sort of think big, like stay focused and, 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 you know, don't give up when it gets painful. So starting, starting market invoice was extremely painful. It took us a long time to get off the ground. We were building something from scratch and there were moments when you can kind of doubt what you're doing, but, you know, stay true to the, that kind of instinct that you have that, this is a product that can work and just really persevere. Yeah. So I think uh, start young, think big and stick at it and, and you'll get there. Good advice. You know, I was going to ask the advice to the 20 year old listening, but I think, I think you said it and that's, mm. that's code. Yeah. We've yeah. heard that so many times here. And I mean, I, it's not like I'm, I didn't tell you to say that. And we've heard <laughs> oh from like God, 50% of our guests have said that learn to code. Yeah. So, uh, I wish, I wish. Yeah. I wish I could code. It's not too late. I I, to, I'm, I'm learning yeah. right now, right? There you um, go. I'm, I need I'm, more time. If I ever have like a gap off again, I'm 100% <laughs> code, code, code. It's funny. When you, when, you, when you have a problem with your development team or whatever and you need stuff done quickly, 
it's almost like being so I traveled around China, <laughs> you know, it's like being in a Chinese a third tier Chinese city when no one speaks English and you're just trying to sort of get your way around. You're so out in the like it just yeah. nothing and a few phrases are even better and then you know and then to become fluent is obviously the ideal and it's uh, right and the, like the girl great. from snap fashion said last week yeah. you know it's, it's even know enough so you know you're not being had yeah yeah, yeah. Even know exactly enough so you don't spend yeah. 25 grand yeah. on that piece of yeah. code that should have cost two yeah yeah, yeah. i met people who go, oh i'm gonna i want to build an internet company and i've outsourced it to a company and i'm gonna i'm gonna give them 150 grand like that is that's like a major red flag yeah Right, but only you know that now because <laughs> you, pay, you paid your dues. Um, you know, it's a fascinating company. When you look at it at the surface of you're like, okay, like I said, receivables aren't sexy, but there's so much cool stuff going on here. And uh, I, I really, uh, it's, I'm very impressed with the fact that you guys have kept it simple. You know, you focused on one product. We've, we've heard uh, uh, so many people say that as well. Yeah. Focus yeah. on one thing and don't try to do everything for everyone and FX or, you know, whatever. I mean, in, in time that can come, but I, I think that's so, that's so crucial. So um, fantastic talking to you. Uh, appreciate you being here. How do people get in touch with you? Um, you a Twitter guy? Yeah, no. Email well, guy? yeah, email. My email's out there. I have a blog page. Uh, we're recruiting like crazy. So short plug. We're looking for great tech people. Um, and if they're interested, how, who do they contact? They, they go through the website. Okay. Um, there's Mar- like careers page. com yeah, backslash careers. There's a full list of the openings. Yeah, um, you are looking for like 10 people. Already, yeah, we're so. looking like especially good tech people, front end, back end. Um, uh, we're moving into a new office, so it's really exciting times. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. If you're listening to us on iTunes, you can see the whole video of all of our lovely faces on YouTube, uh, channel Silicon Reel. We're on uh, Twitter, at Silicon Reel. Yep. Send us a message, hello at siliconreel.com. we got uh, people helping us out. we got guys cutting video clips for us. Okay. If you have guest suggestions, or if, if you know of someone that you would like to see on Silicon Reel, tweet us right now, um, that, that person. We're looking for founders and CEOs. We want to st- the story from the ground up, but we're looking for people across the specter. So that, that would really help right? yeah yeah help us out this is uh at the end of the day we're doing it for you guys so uh and girls and, and let us know who, who you want to hear about and what stories and all that sort of stuff and if you, you know if you're a ceo founder traveling uh through um you know you're going to be in london at some point in time you know drop us a note we'd love to see your, hear different perspectives from around the globe and what's going on so yeah definitely we shoot every week right here and the last part of that is uh if uh, you want to get your your company out in in front of say the 15 20 000 professionals that are watching the show every week let us know we'll be happy to talk to you about advertising so there you go um they say it's about the people on silicon reel and thanks for your time today I thank wish you. you all the best it's going to be exciting to watch you uh take that billion plus market by storm <laughs> yeah yeah thanks a lot good luck enjoyed okay. it alright guys take care Cheers. I want to be like the Google official search so I want to be like if anyone sees something they kind of reach for snap to go and find it we were the first to market with this technology and we're still the only people that can do kind of cut analysis and the cross-platform visual search where we started was doing real pure visual search and I literally wrote algorithms just for fashion you can take a photo of an item of clothing in a magazine on a catwalk in a shop window and then we'll try and find you everything similar on the high street I really really like running a lean startup because I think people feel really empowered in their own kind of job role I just want to be able to search the world using pictures.